Our Bishop Thomas Tobin made headlines again a couple of weeks ago when he publicly criticized a political candidate for governor in the state of Rhode Island, a candidate who on that particular day had proudly accepted the endorsement of Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, and who had also announced her intention to try to repeal the current Rhode Island state law which bans partial birth abortion, a procedure which even many pro-choicers admit is nothing short of infanticide. Oh yes, and did I mention that this politician also claims to be Catholic? All of this, of course, provoked the usual responses, the usual hysterical responses from those who, in one way or another, support the killing of babies in our nation. They said things like, well, the bishop should mind his business. Who is he to push his morality on the rest of us? The bishop should keep his nose out of politics. Doesn't he know about the separation of church and state? Now I wonder, I wonder if these very same people are just as vocal in their criticism of people like the Reverend Al Sharpton, who's a commentator on a major news network in this country and who also happens to be a Baptist minister. I wonder how many of Bishop Tobin's critics have also sent letters to MSNBC recently saying, how can you allow a Baptist minister to do political commentary on your network? Don't you know about the separation of church and state? You know what? I'll bet not a single one of the bishop's critics has done that. Because the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, this critique only goes in one direction. If you happen to be pro-life, if you happen to be pro-traditional marriage, if you have to be, happen to be a supporter of the Ten Commandments, then they say these kinds of things about you. If you're of the opposite persuasion, they say nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's especially the case in the mainstream liberal media. You can make the most partisan political statements imaginable, which Al Sharpton does every single day, and not a critical word is spoken or written. Hopefully you all realize that this public criticism is by design, and it has a very definite purpose. Aside from being an attempt to violate the right to free speech of some American citizens, all of this public criticism is ultimately designed to intimidate. It's designed to try to intimidate people like Bishop Tobin, to intimidate him into silence. It's designed to try to intimidate people like me and all those out there who take a public stand against the moral evils that are currently plaguing our society. Haven't they figured out yet that it ain't going to work? They must be slow learners. But all of this, my brothers and sisters, is not really anything new. As we see very clearly in today's Gospel story from Matthew 22. Here we have men whom I would describe as some of the spiritual ancestors of the critics of Bishop Tobin, 
specifically the Pharisees and the Herodians, trying to find a way to accuse Jesus of either being disloyal to his religion, which of course was Judaism, or disobedient to the state, in this case the Roman Empire. The Pharisees, you see, were anti-Roman, hated the Romans, but the Herodians, to a great extent, supported the Roman Empire because the Romans kept them in power. In many respects, the beliefs of these two groups were at opposite ends of the political and religious spectrums. However, they were united on one issue, their hatred of Jesus. So they asked our Lord a question that they thought would trap him. He said, oh, Jesus, is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Had Jesus said, yes, oh yes, it's lawful, you've got to pay your taxes. If he had said that, the Pharisees would have immediately sprung into action. They would have accused Jesus to his fellow Jews of being disloyal to his religion. Some of you people are following this guy, this Jesus of Nazareth. Don't you know? He supports the Romans. He supports those pagans who are occupying our country and oppressing us crucifying our people. You support him? Had Jesus said, no, it's not lawful to pay your taxes to Caesar, well then the Herodians would have sprung into action and they would have immediately denounced Jesus to the Roman authorities. Procurator, Pilate, listen. Do you know this guy Jesus, this itinerant preacher? He's telling his fellow Jews not to pay taxes to Caesar. They thought they had Jesus trapped. Jesus, of course, as we heard a few moments ago, didn't take the bait. Instead, he gave the perfect response, which shouldn't surprise us in the least because Jesus was and is the divine Son of God. He asked to see a Roman coin. Then he asked his questioners whose image was on the coin. When they responded by saying, well, it's Caesar's, Jesus answered with the famous line, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. Which immediately raises a very interesting question. What is God's? What is it exactly that belongs to the Lord? Well, in the interest of time, let me give you the short list of the things that do not belong to God. Sin, evil, death, and all the bad things that follow from those realities, like hell. Which means that everything else is the Lord's. Everything that is genuinely good in this life belongs to God. Everything that is true belongs to God. Everything that's rooted in love and that proceeds from love belongs to God. It all belongs to God because it's all the gift of His grace. The problem with the Catholic candidate for governor that Bishop Tobin criticized the other day is that she doesn't understand this. Or maybe she just doesn't care to understand it. 
as is the case with all too many Catholic politicians these days, on both sides of the aisle. This cuts across party lines. Be clear about that. If you're a human being, and especially if you're Catholic, your politics belong to God in the sense that you're supposed to be guided by his divine law informing your political views. And I'm going to repeat that because that's the core idea of this homily. If you forget everything else, please try to remember this because not enough people are aware of it out there or don't, a lot of them don't care to be aware of it. If you're a human being, and especially if you're Catholic, your politics belong to God in the sense that you are supposed to be guided by his divine law informing your political views. I hope you realize, my brothers and sisters, that the whole reason we had slavery in this country for so many years is because a lot of Americans, a lot of Christian white Americans, acted as if their politics and their business practices did not belong to the Lord. Consequently, they disregarded his divine law in dealing with people of a different skin color. And they thought that was perfectly acceptable. Well, it wasn't. Actually, this idea that everything which is good and true and loving belongs to the Lord, that idea is contained in the Lord's Prayer, which was given to us by Jesus Christ himself and which is supposed to be the model for every other prayer we utter on this earth. In that prayer, we say these very important words. We say, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth, as it is in heaven. And there's the important phrase. There is no sin in heaven. There is no evil in heaven. There is no death, praise God, in heaven. We all know that. Well, if those are the only things that don't belong to God, and those things are not to be found in God's heavenly kingdom, that means everything in heaven belongs to the Lord. And if the situation in heaven is supposed to be the model of the way things should be on earth, which is what we're saying in that line of the Lord's Prayer, then that means God's will and his divine law are supposed to be our reference points for everything in this life. The way we conduct ourselves in public, the way we conduct ourselves in private, the way we conduct ourselves in the bedroom, the way we do business, the way we raise children, the way we treat the sick, the way we treat the elderly, the way we treat the dying, the way we act at work, the way we act at school, the way we act with our friends, the way we treat our enemies, the way we speak, the way we form our opinions, and yes, the way we form our political viewpoints. It all belongs to the Lord. Dear Lord, help us, help all of us in this church right now, to believe that. Dear Lord, help all candidates for public office in our country to believe that. And dear Lord, help us to live our lives accordingly.
Amen.